Hey, welcome to the, your Sunday dose of Jesus is Dope. Uh, good morning, or guten morgen, or uh, good afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, jumping into Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, uh, taking Jesus at his own words, and here's what he says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, the inherit the earth part, we'll talk about more um, next week, but uh, blessed are the meek. Meek sounds like weak, but it's it's not. In fact, like many of um, these beatitude statements, it's like Jesus is taking what we think we know and flipping it around. He's saying, "No, blessed, or or better are you in and better is life when you realize your need of me. Blessed are the poor in spirit, and and better is your life and and and." Better are you when, when you learn how to really mourn and lament and grieve for the loss of things in life because, because it reminds you of what you love in life and that you can learn things in the pain and the darkness of life and in really mourning and crying for your sins than by trying to ignore them or by trying to just live a life that's full of um, rainbows and cupcakes and goes smoothly. And so here he continues to kind of flip this on us. And now he's saying, blessed are the meek. And uh, some translations, in fact, yours, perhaps the one you normally read, might say, blessed are the humble. And they are very similar and, and almost kind of like just different mental images. Um, in fact, in Matthew, later in Matthew uh, 11, Jesus refers to, speaks to like who he is. And he says this in Matthew 11, verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And a yoke, if you remember from the first week of this podcast, uh, Matthew chapter five, verses one and two, we talked about how yoke were um, a way that uh, what in agriculture that you, you made two oxes work together and, and create even more power and efficiency. Um, but a yoke was also the way a rabbi would refer to like his version of how to live the good life, the godly life, to follow all the scriptures. And most of the time, everyone's yoke was not not light um, or easy. It was very difficult. So anyway, Jesus is saying, take my yoke, take my teaching, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Um, and so if you think about it, like we might think of meek or humble in different ways, but here's Jesus saying, no, no, like that's, that's who I am too. Uh, I am humble. And so that's not weak. Uh, it's just, it's just different. And many times when we think about the word humble and Jesus saying, your life will be blessed. The more you work, I'm being humble like me. And, and that's not about thinking less of yourself. And this is really important thinking. Um, we, we all know that you're not humble when you think too much of yourself you maybe think about yourself too much or more in arrogance and you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's easily recognizable uh, in other people. It's, it's harder to see in ourselves and we all do it, but, um, but it's, it's also not humble to think less of ourselves, to think, uh, to not like live into the fullness of what Jesus created us to be, um, to live our lives to the fullness of the way that he tells us to, to kind of, uh, in fact, the, the, the Hebrew word for humble uh, kind of has this sense of like taking up your God-sized space. This is really cool because uh, when you try to take up too much space, you're arrogant and not humble. 
But when you try to take up less space than you're supposed to, you're also not humble. And so if, if, if we're following Jesus and, and trusting what he teaches us and that we're made in God's image, you and I are meant to, to take up the full size that God has for us. And too often we play small and we call it being humble. We, we um, see our ambition is only a problem as opposed to something that, that's compelling and pushing us to make a difference in this world. Um, I love this quote from Nelson Mandela kind of speaks to this point. He says, there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. And like to say that through the sort of like the lens of scripture, um, it, it's not humble to play small and live less than the one God's called you to less than the fullness that Jesus said he came and he died for. And so um, that's what he's inviting you and I to see about ourselves. Play bigger, dream bigger, but but in submission to him. And that's the difference. Um, and, and that's where we get back to this word meekness. Meekness literally means strength under control. Or, or think of like your power under control. And when I say the word power, I think that's important to kind of slow down on and do you realize, do you recognize your strength, your power? How powerful are you? <laughs> and when you hear the word power, what do you, what do you think of? Because right? I, I don't know about you, but I think most of us, when we hear the word power, we either think of like plugging in our laptops or our phones and powering something on. But, but I mean, as a person of power, it, it seems like that's wrong, doesn't it? Like to be a person of power or to, to like spend time talking about our powers, like um, focused on ourselves or I don't know, it just doesn't seem like the right kind of word. I don't, I don't know if you're comfortable saying that you're powerful, but you are. And, and we've all heard the phrase like, um, you know, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But I want you to challenge yourself. If Jesus is saying blessed are the meek, he's saying blessed are those who have recognized their power and have learned to restrain it. So, so there's not something innately wrong with power, but, but rather in how we use it. And obviously, our human history is full of a lot of negative examples of people, typically dudes, right, who, who allow power to, to obsess their life and be used for their own self to, to corrupt things. And, and we all, I think, tend to to associate the word power with its distorted misuses, like coercion and manipulation, oppressive types of power. But that those aren't the only types of power, right? Power is also influence or, or privilege or authority. And, and we all have privilege. We all have the ability to influence. We all have authority and kind of agency. We have power. Power is the ability to change things. And so if you're hungry and you decide to make something to eat, that is an exercise of your power. Or if you decide to launch a new initiative at work or, or a new startup as an entrepreneur or to delegate things to your team, um, that's all power. If you can hire people or fire people, that's power. If you can coach and empower coworkers and influence people uh, in their own personal growth and transformation, it's power. See, power isn't the problem. It's just how we choose to use our power. You have power. 
power is intrinsic to us as humans. We are made in the image of God. And so maybe, maybe the question isn't, do you have power? But more appropriately is, are you aware of your power? Are you aware of it? Because think about the problem. If, if we don't recognize our power, like, well, then we're going to waste it. Uh, there's this great TED Talk. You should look it up. And it's about civic power uh, and responsibility. So, um, you know, it's not like in, in a scriptural sense, but it it all still applies. And the, the TED Talk is called Why Ordinary People Need to Understand Power. And the speaker, his name's Eric Liu. He said that power has a, a negative moral valiance. It, it sounds Machiavellian inherently. It seems inherently evil, but in fact, power is no more inherently good or evil than fire or physics. It just is. Power just is. And he goes on to argue that the problem we face today, here in America particularly, um, but all around the world, is that far too many people are profoundly illiterate in power. We're like power illiterate, which I think is a cool way of thinking about it. I think in the same way, we're kind of spiritually illiterate and we're, we have this need for spiritual connection in our life. And yet at the same time, we're, um, we, we just haven't grown up in a culture and a world where we think about the spiritual realm much. Right. It's, it's interesting that people are pretty comfortable talking about angels or dead loved ones looking down upon them or even God or the universe, but we're not comfortable thinking of demons or the devil um, just because culturally we're kind of illiterate in this way. And, and I think the same thing is about power. We just tend to see it as bad and as in other people. And in all of my years of leading and reading books about leadership and getting coached and mentored, um, no one, not one person has ever asked me to assess how much power I have. Or, or to honestly look at how I'm leveraging my power and influence and authority in life. And so before we go to work on becoming better people um, or better leaders or better neighbors or better spouses or parents or lead better organizations, I think all of us should pause and learn to realize that Jesus said, blessed are the meek, those who learn to restrain the power that they have to make sure that we understand our power. I mean, how can we steward something that we are not aware of, right? How can we cultivate strengths if we're, if we're not willing to or haven't acknowledged what our strengths are, what our power is? And, and how can you and I learn to operate from a more power literate place? And I think part of it's just becoming aware of it. Um, I, I believe that's the real question. At hand. And I think one of the, one of the greatest distortions of power lies or, or rests in, in its dormancy. We just try to ignore it. There's like this mass misunderstanding of true power, our collective belief that I lack power and you lack power and, and kind of living from this scarcity mindset around it means we, we unintentionally allow others to be leveraging the power instead of doing it ourselves or, or being more intentional with the power that we have. And the more we think we don't have, the more opportunities we miss to leverage it. We neglect our power. 
our power illiterate ways cause us not only to live from a scarcity mindset personally, but they rob our world of leveraging our God-given power to create, to co-create, to influence, to love, to make the world better. And I think from the, from the lens of Jesus, like this is a power that's been entrusted to you. So are you operating out of a scarcity mindset? Do you feel that you need more influence or more authority or more power to make the changes that you want to see? Or do you realize you already have it? You just have to do something with it. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who acknowledge their power and restrain it. And the restraining is interesting because Jesus will many times refer to himself as kind of like the shepherd or the master. He claims that he is God in the flesh, that if you want to know God's name, it's him, it's Jesus. If you want to know what God looks like or acts like or, or how he interacts with people, look to him, look to Jesus. And so I think you and I need to begin um, to, to, of course, name and acknowledge our power, but then learn to, to to acknowledge how much we have and then that we want to give it over to God. We want him to be the master and, and help us restrain our power, our need for autonomy, <laughs> our desire to be independent and autonomous and do things our way. When Jesus's whole invitation is, no, 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 depend upon me. See that I am the source of your life. Find your worth, find your value in me, nothing else. Um, I mentioned that quote, um, that power tends to corrupt. And, and I think that's generally true. But I love this quote from John Steinbeck. He said, power does not corrupt, fear corrupts, perhaps the fear of a loss of power. Think about that for a minute. Because we are so separated from God, the source of our life, we operate out of fear constantly. And it is our fear that we'll be alone or our fear that we'll be powerless or our fear that the, the future won't work out the way we want. All moments when we choose not to trust God's will and trust in our own power, that we mess things up, that we try to be Lord of our own lives. And so much of, I think, life and leadership comes back to just facing our fears, to name our fears and to decide that we'll courageously move forward in our life, in our our work, in our relationships, that will leverage our position, our influence, our experience, our opportunity, our authority, our power for good. Because Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And just like humble is a good mental image of like taking up your God-given space, meek is um, the image to think of is like a tamed wild stallion, strength restrained. Uh, in fact, the Greek word used for meek um, throughout the New Testament is, is the same word that they would use for a wild stallion. So uh, who's been tamed, obviously not still wild. So that all the spirit and the power that God's given you is brought under control and taught how to be useful. The stallion has all of its strength that it had when it was wild, but now its strength is under control. Under control, it's um, it's in submission to its master, and 
that language makes us uncomfortable. And Jesus doesn't apologize for saying, I'm Lord of your life. I'm the king. And he calls us to bend our knee to him as king, to submit our lives to him, to submit our power and our self-agency that we want so badly to do what we want when we want and trust it to him. Um, and when we do, we become like this tamed, wild stallion. And, and the contradiction of tamed but wild, <laughs> that, that we have this wild God-given power, um, but that we bring it under restraint to him. And our, our strength can now be more effective and useful under control of our master. Right? Think of an untamed horse or an unbroken horse uh, with all of its strength is of no use to anyone until it learns how to respond to the touch, to the voice, to the direction of its master. And this is exactly the language that, that Jesus wants us to realize. This is how you have a blessed life in meekness, not weakness, not playing small. Meekness is about submitting, about surrendering our autonomy to the power of Jesus, to allowing Jesus to begin to manage our life. <laughs> and the Bible lists tons of benefits of if, if we learn to live into this meekness stuff from Jesus's own Bible in the Old Testament, there's a, a bunch of verses. I'll, I'll just give you some quick references. Like in Psalm 22, 26, it says, the meek shall be satisfied. And in Psalm 25, verse 9, it says, the meek he will guide and teach. In Psalm 37, it says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. In Proverbs 11, verse 2, it says, the meek become wise, that there's something about restraining our autonomy that makes us wiser. Isaiah 29, 19 says that the meek will be filled with fresh joy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what all this means in your life. I know what it means in mine, or, or I, I know parts of what it means, I should say. I, when I think about my fears, my pain, my worries, will I be enough? Will I do enough? Will I have enough? You know, those things can lead me either closer to God or farther from him. And so often our pain and our fear cause us to operate in an ego that's based out of fear and scarcity. And so we show up in pride in self-promotion and self-protection. We fear failure. We fear uh, looking or sounding dumb. But then when you, you think of this meekness stuff, think of so many of the heroes of our faith, like Abraham and Sarah or Joseph or Daniel, or, or look at Moses or look at Mary, Jesus's mother, or look at Paul. God's working all these things in the good and the bad together if, if we're willing to allow him to be the master, to manage our lives. And we'll be able to look back with more of like a heavenly perspective to say, no, no, the real blessing came in life, not when I was doing my own thing, but when I was learning to live in submission to Jesus, to allow my power to be restrained and pointed in a purposeful direction in this life. And it takes faith. I mean, that's what Jesus is inviting us to do is have faith. And it doesn't mean that we'll understand all the, the whys and the ups and the downs, but that we're blessed when we're poor of spirit. We're blessed when we mourn and we are blessed in 
our meekness, our recognition of our power and our need to be restrained, to be submitted. God is good. That's what Jesus teaches us. He teaches us that he's good and he promises to work things out um, if we'll just be faithful and stay with it and, and not give up, and not, not get sidetracked. And, and this is why submission is such a big topic in the New Testament, because, because it's, um, it's like this powerful call for you and I to go meek, be meek, find a way this week to be meek. <laughs> um, you know, maybe study the scriptures about the word meek or, or look uh, in the New Testament at, at things like submission. This is why it says husband and wives should submit to each other, that we're called in our relationships to sub mutually submit to one another that we submit to Christ, our power becomes properly restrained and under control and not running wild with our egos. And it's why in Jesus's teachings and scriptures, he would, they would speak to like kids being submitted to their parents, wives being submitted to husbands, slaves being submitted to masters and uh, wives submitted to husbands, slaves submitted to masters. I can't think of two examples uh, better that seem more um, offensive or contradictory. But this is what's really cool. If you think about this, when Jesus walked this earth and talked about this meekness stuff, he was living in a world and speaking into a world where it was absolute patriarchy. Men were in charge of everything. Women were property. Now, we all agree that's not right. But Jesus tried to show that women in that time, even though society will not acknowledge you as powerful as you are, I do. And if you recognize that, you can flip the power thing where it's like, no, give me my power, affirm me, or, or society has to tell me I'm powerful. And Jesus is like, no, you already are. Now live out of it. And that's why it speaks to slaves working for masters. And this is different than American slavery. It's all terrible. Humans trying to own humans. None of it's in defense of that. but people in the ancient world would sell themselves into slavery um, for lots of various different reasons. And the, the whole point was, again, the world might see you as a servant and as less than, but you're not because you're mine. And that's an act of faith for you to choose. Do you trust that? Do you see that? And so I just want to challenge you this week, uh, and I need to do the same thing. How, how can we go meek, be meek this week, act in restrained power, and there's this really great moment when Jesus says, if you learn to seek first my kingdom, like I can take care of the other stuff. It's like, if you learn to just say yes to me and no to yourself, watch what I can do in your life. So what would it look like for you to be meek this week? Um, every, we all love the idea of being a servant until someone treats us like a servant. You ever heard that? That's so true. I love like, yeah, we should be selfless and servant, but don't treat me like that. Don't treat me like one. And Jesus is like, no, it's okay. <laughs> if we learn to draw up from within ourselves the, the identity and the worth and the affirmation from who he says we are, we can be meek, truly meek and powerful in this world. But if we're looking to the world and society to give us our worth and value, we cannot be meek. If we're looking to our job title, or our net worth for our security and our worth and our future, we cannot be meek. We will operate out of scarcity and fear.
So I don't know what that means for you this week. I just know all of us can always be working on having a more blessed life by living into our humble, meek, powerful, God-given abilities to play big and, and ambitious, directed by God, meekness under control. So I don't know exactly what it means to you, but I'd love to hear um, for you to share and make sure you subscribe and support. If you have not subscribed on Substack, that's the way to get the emails, um, to stay in touch and to stay connected. Um, send in your prayer requests, um, whatever. I don't know, send other questions or share this. That's a great way to uh, help me help you very Jerry Maguire of me. Um, yeah, help me help you. I want to keep talking about this, share this kind of stuff so we can keep walking through um, weekly doses of Jesus's dopeness. Um, hope you guys have a great week. Take care.